0: episode of the Sounds of the- on today's episode, we'll be going over our mid-season awards. Now, we had came back from the All-Star break. This is the first week back. We figured it'd be a nice time to talk about who looked really good on the first half of the season. We're going to go over most improved. We're going to go over six-man defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and coach of the year. All right. Now, each have some very really worthy candidates. It's a tight race for most of those awards this year, especially MVP. Some people are really stuck between if it should be Embiid, it should be Giannis, it should be LeBron, it should be James Harden. So we got a lot of people that are even to Mitchell. We got a lot of people that could be a front runner for the MVP right now. So I'm going to start us off with the most improved. I'm going to say mine first. Be a little different. Mix it up. Don't always have to swing it to y'all. Put y'all in the spotlight first. So I'm going to start off with my most improved for this point so far in the season. I'd probably say I have to do it. the most improved. Uh, he's averaging a career high in points, assists, rebounds, speed throw percentage, field goal, excuse me, three-point percentage. This is his first all-star selection this year. So he's averaging 23 points a game, 5 assists, 11.1 rebounds, shoot 79% and free throw line, and he's 41 from three and 47 on the field. So I think if you're looking at what he was averaging last year versus what he's averaging now, the fact that he has career highs in mostly all of his stats and that he's a first-time All-Star, I think that would be worthy of him with the most improved digit. I feel like the only knock I put personally, I ranked him second. The only reason I knocked him the second is because of the Pelicans year before. If he didn't have that, then it'd be, he'd really be yeah. right there. I actually have Zach Levine ahead of just a notch, just slightly ahead of Julius Randle for the fact that Levine is career high in field goal percentage at 53%, uh, three-point percentage at 44%. His efficient efficiency shooting the ball is at 62%, free throw is 85%, averaging 28 a game, and he became an all-star. Just really kind of elevated in every single category. It was down, like I said, to, to Randle and Levine, and I just a slight edge to Levine but I definitely think Randall is going to be right there like you said yeah that's, I mean, that's a good pick for me I pretty much had Levine and Randall up there my most improved would be Christian Wood from the Rockets I know obviously he was injured mm-hmm. but stats wise to go up from 13.1 to 22 points a game he was also averaging 6.3 rebounds now he's averaging 10.2 he's averaging 1 assist 1 steal basically 2 blocks a game shooting a career high 42% from 3 he's also shooting about 60 2% from the field, and he's shooting a little lower than he usually does in the throw, about 65, but uh, he's actually playing very well. I know Houston's a sort of a team that's struggling this year. I mean, they're in a rebuilding phase, but I mean, the man signed a pretty decent-sized contract. I wouldn't say he's an elite contract, but uh, right now, it's looking like Houston got a bargain with him because he's actually playing as a most improved player. So, I had Julius Randle with uh, Jeremy Grant being a close second. And The reason why I think Julius Randle was the impact he's having over the Knicks, just coming more effective. To your score, shooting from the three point line, passing, defending, stuff that we didn't see from Randall before. And he's kind of taken that leadership role, improved his game, and obviously, you know, bringing in women culture to the Knicks. So I think it was uh, Julius Randall. With me, my pick is Jeremy Grant from Detroit. We've seen like spurts of this in the bubble, which I guess we could say everybody did the thing in the bubble. Most people did. So I guess you could kind of like take that with what you want. So the big question was okay, he bound himself, went to Detroit. You know, can he do it in Detroit? And even though that record's not that great and all that stuff. and it's kind of going under the radar because he's on a bad team at the moment, but he went from averaging 12 points coming off the bench, sometimes starting for Denver, to jumping up to averaging 23 points a game. He's getting five rebounds, three assists. Like, he's doing it all for that team. He's their go-to guy, and I don't think anybody here or any type of media person out there thought that this is looking like a person that you can grab and build your team around. Like, he's legit balling like that, and I feel like, so he should definitely be, if not up there for top two, top three up there for most improved. And again, I just feel like it's because he's on Detroit. Nobody's thinking about it. But the jumps in his number are crazy, kind of like how Devontae Graham's number was last year. Well, we've seen, you know, how he got robbed of it last year. But yeah, so, I mean, I like Randall. I like Levine, too. Levine's also doing his thing. But I think for me, it's Jeremy Grant because it's just like he really bet on himself. Everybody's like crazy for turning down that money. And then he gets paid at Detroit, and he's really backing it up. Like, it's crazy the numbers he's putting up all it. Do you think it's fair that when the voting goes at a war like Most Improved, that the voting tends to favor players that are having those improvements in seasons on teams that are winning over players that are doing it on teams that are bad? I think it should be counted towards winning because you're not only improving yourself, you're improving the team. If you're putting up, you know, you could be like, like, I mean, obviously, I think the Cavaliers are improved this year, but last year you could have been like Colin Sexton, putting up a ton of points on a really, really bad team. It's like, oh, you look great but your team doesn't win. You know, luckily this year they've kind of improved in, in various areas. So not great, but better. It's that, you know, great stats bad team, you know, kind of look. And it's like, if you can't win, you're not really affecting anything. Stats look great, the wins don't add up. I mean, yeah, no, definitely, like, you know, the player who's impacting the team, you know, in a positive way. Like like I said, like Randall, like I mentioned before, I had great as a whole second, but seeing, you know, the impact that Randall is bringing to the Knicks, you know, winning and putting themselves in a playoff position, you know, unlike Grant, which, you know, most likely they're going to be on a lottery team and there's no improvement there. It's like, and what Ann said, like, I mean, she was probably going to be Randall because Grant's going to be, you know, over, overshadowed with, you know, if what Randall's bringing to the Knicks. Now let me ask yeah. this, if the Knicks, because they've been struggling, if they fall off in the second half and fall out of playoff position, does that affect you guys' pick overall? Or do you think just based on his all-star appearance Level of like, I think right now the Bulls are the team that's behind them, if I'm not mistaken. So, if they drop off and the Bulls move up, then okay, then I say they go with Levine because he's Great. putting up better stats and then now his team made the playoffs. If the Knicks can hold on to that playoff spot, then this Randall that's holding it on basically because he's the best player on that team. I think Grant is having a good season, Woods is having a good season, but the Rockets, they just lost 18 straight. It's kind of hard to say, oh, he's most improved on the team that's that bad. And then the Pistons, again, are at the bottom of the league. This is so, a bottom, if you think about it, since Rockets were decent before he went down. It's tough, unfortunately. But they're both having a worthy season of that award. the same thing with Randall. The Knicks don't make the playoffs, it's the same concept. And then I'm making the playoffs, it becomes harder to say it. That's a good question, because we can ask that question about any of these awards that we're talking about or that we're going to talk about. How much does winning matter? Because we've seen in the past people who might have been more deserving, but they give it to you know, the person who has that number one seat or the top two, three seats. But in this situation, for most of everybody we said can literally be not in the playoffs. <laughs> so it's like, I think with the most improved, it's going to end up going to one of these three people. And if they're all not in the playoffs, then I think that kind of would help my pick because it's like, all right, if I'm to make the playoffs, and boom. By the end of the day, I think no matter what, it's probably going to be random because he made the Knicks level. Like, everybody's talking about the Knicks. They got Stephen A. robbed up. You see my Knicks? They lost to Brooklyn, but everybody's still talking about, wow, the fact that they competed versus Brooklyn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's going to be random, no kind of matter what, at the end of the day. And don't get me wrong, he really has improved. He really he has. He got like just overall with IQ. That's what I've noticed. With like compared to shots that came out on TV for him taking last year <laughs> to what he's doing this year, he's more patient. I feel <laughs> like the game out right of him. Yeah. So that's definitely my second choice. so I, I think he's winning it regardless, just because of the team he plays for, how they're relevant, and how if people are able to watch it if they on prime time, a lot of people are gonna tune it out because it's like, all right, let's see what they can do because they really competing like a, a regular tip team would do? Those are all good points and good questions. But now moving on to the next award, moving on into now six-man. Probably enough, most improved and six-man kind of go hand-in-hand hand because a lot of players that we mentioned about winning most improved have previously had a six-man role. Christian Woods is kind of like a six-man with Detroit. Grant was like a six-man with Denver. Randall was that when he was in New Orleans before he came to the Knicks. So you have players that sometimes start in that six-man role and then they have those great spurts in a season where they start to get some starters minutes and end up being most improved type players. So for your sixth man this year, I think it's kind of a close race. And I mean, some people say it's not a close race, but there's some few choices you can go with. But who is your hands down sixth man? i got one i mean uh, jordan clarkson playing way better than he did with the lakers he seems like he found his home in utah it seems like uh this year he's doing very well Uh, he's shooting i think if i'm not mistaken close to what his career high is from three i think he's shooting about 37 38 he's actually near perfect from the free throw line this year he's shooting about 97 percent which is crazy making three threes a game obviously he's not giving you much rebound widely before and two assists but he's Playing pretty decent, and he's playing on a really good team. Utah, obviously, we were talking about winning mattering, and I think he would be a good pick for Sixth Man of the Year. I also had Jordan Clarkson and Simple. I think he's a way with that award. Clearly, he's been a huge impact as he's helped the Jazz have the best record in the league, and then he's averaging a career-best 18 points per game. He's been incredibly efficient and the leader for that second unit. And it's like you know, the Jazz lucked out because his progression has been, you know, he's kind of played like an all-star, so that's been huge for them, so Jordan Clarkson for six men. And you too, you're agreeing that what, six men? Uh, yeah, that, that's just an easy pick. That's what I was going to go with too. I think Jordan Clarkson's is just the easiest one, because again, if the account winning, like we just talked about, number one team in the West, and he literally is the first one off the bench, and if the daughter Mitchell is struggling, or even Anybody in that first five is struggling when they bring him in, since the energy is a boost and all that. And I actually witnessed it because they just played Boston and Mitchell was struggling the first half and the person that kept him hanging around was Coxon. I think he was like four for five from the three, like intensity on defense, pass lanes and all that. I'm just like, damn, like yo, he's really balling. And he did similar stuff last year too, but again, you see the the improvement in the points again and all that. I mean he could arguably last year or even the year before like um but he was in cleveland so but i think this year he's gonna definitely win it i don't think it's that close of a race for that i think everybody's like you know in agreement with the jordan Clarkson, just because what he's been doing for them and how much he means to them yeah i said Clarkson as well i mean i don't really see nobody else like if montrez is playing how he's playing now the whole season then it would be a closer race but he wasn't playing like that the season first time so pretty much it's allowed Clarkson to run away by the warden. It's good for him because he struggled when he was with the Lakers. He weren't sure how long he was gonna last in the league and then he got to Cleveland he was playing well and said, Oh, the Cavs are not that good. So to see him finally have an opportunity to play well on a good team has been good for him. I'm happy to see that even though he wasn't even was drafted by the Lakers he didn't have the same success but you know once a Lakers, always a Lakers kind of, so I'm happy to see him have that type of success. But the one thing that we can all admit is that he does not play much defense. Yeah. Uh, he's not a great defender so this next award I don't think we'll ever be saying Jordan Clarkson is up for winning that and that's the defensive player of the year. Now I know for the sake of most people I say not sake of most people for the sake of him not almost crying again I think Rudy Gobert would love to see himself winning. I didn't pick Rudy Gobert as my selection. Spoiler alert there. But just for the sake of him not having a moment where he sees about the cry during the interview when asked about how he win it, I think he would want to see himself winning again. So who is y'all's defensive player of the year? I've got I mean people are gonna say I'm biased, but I got them sent to the six year old. I feel like his combination of length, athleticism, his IQ, um his ability of pretty much he can guard, you know, one through five, depending on who the center is, you know, averaging one and a half steals, you know, nearly a block a game, you know, defensive win shares are one point nine. You know, he's holding the opponents to thirty two percent shooting from three, about roughly about forty percent from the field. You know, we've seen him shut down a not shut them down, but hold Elite players like Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, those kind of elite kind of. Scores in check. And I think I give Simmons the edge because of his versatility and his defensive ability. And, you know, with Gobert, although he is deserving, he's not able to switch around positions and, and really do anything other than block shots and, and, you know, kind of be a presence there. Ben Simmons is my pick. Well, no, no home cooking, at all right. No home cooking. Ben Simmons is my pick, too. I mean, I think just the year that he's having with Doc Rivers being there, defensive minded coach, is sort of uh, unlocking more potential that he had. Granted, I wish he would shoot the ball more obviously he does have some type of jump shot but I think uh, his defense is really ramped up this year and I, I honestly feel like he's pretty much running away with that award in my opinion this year I think that he's just playing really good defense he's a player that can basically guard the one through five so, I mean, he's basically doing what... I mean, Giannis won it last year, but, I mean, he's doing way better than Giannis this year defensively, so I think he's definitely a lot forward it. A the Knicks fan didn't say hella oh, okay. mm, Nah. I also had uh, Simmons, and it's pretty much uh, everything that, you know, Pete and, and, and um Simmons is one of the best versatile defenders in the league, and he's always willing to take that challenge and guard the best player on the floor every night. And, you know, I know Pete mentioned Damian Lillard and I think Donovan Mitchell. You can also include... That honest because yesterday like Giannis at one point was shooting you know two for eight with four turnovers two weeks ago he was uh, guarding Luca, and Luca had seven points on three for nine shooting with five turnovers so he's become like the 76ers like defensive anchor so I I got Simmons I'm gonna go with another guy from Chile I thought he was gonna say Jalen Brown I'm gonna go with Embiid because just like Simmons I feel like he can guard any position like, there's times when he gets, you know, people do the 1-5 pick-and-roll. A lot of NBA teams do that, or even 1-4 pick-and-roll, and obviously they want Embiid. And then Embiid's out there, side of his feet. Embiid's out there, contesting three-point shots, pick-pocketing these guards and all that. So, I feel like, yes... It's honestly Might be the first time Like it's another Like 1A, 1B situation Like both answers Are not wrong I think Ben Simmons Might end up winning it Because right now Embiid's hurt But I also feel like This could also help Embiid in the long run Because you can also See that And they kind of Do need that Defensive presence But at, at the same time They got Dwight But he's not in a beat. Like also see that And they kind of Do need that Defensive presence But at, at the same time They got Dwight But he's not in a beat. Like people see Embiid And they, they're like Oh shit Like they gotta You know Alter their shot And all that stuff But I can understand Why you guys pick Simmons because he really could guard any position too. Like, there's times where they go small ball and he's guarding, or whoever the high hand is, power forward and all that. They're both averaging low. I think he's averaging a little bit more closer to a whole two steals a game, but he's right under him when it comes to steals too. Like, it's just crazy that, you know, you, you get a defensive coach and the whole team turns up their defense, and now you can argue you can easily debate that, you know, two teams, I mean, two players from that team, you know, who got defensive minded coach could be defensive player of the year. So I think whoever wins it is definitely going to be a Philly president. So you really you can't go wrong with that. Gotcha. Well, y'all not gonna like me then because I'm not going silly. And uh, quote one of Soto's favorite movies of all time in the words of Big Boy, this girl, man, been So I'm gonna take a trip down to ATL and I'm gonna go with Clinton Capella Only because I'm not gonna say because said had a coach change. I'm not gonna make it seem like it he was doing defensively. But now with Nate McMillan being the, the interim head coach, the Atlanta Hawks defense has gotten better in their stretch. They went from about 14th in the West and 18th in the East. They're now 87th in the East. They're at 500 now, playing better. Trey Young's at actually attempting to play some defense out there. But I think what has allowed them to do that is Clint Capella's ability to anchor their defense has been really good. He's currently earning blocks at 2.3 and he's got a defensive rebound percentage at 29% which makes him third at that as well. And then he's first in the region rebounding. So his ability to utilize the paint and not allow guards to dribble drive a lot and can switch out on perimeter players. He's pretty much their best defender on that team. So nights when they have good defensive games is, is literally because of him. He's like the Ruby Bear of the East right now. I just prefer him more Go Gobert because I think he's more of a switchable player in terms of switch down to pick a little than Go Gobert. I can see y'all like Ben Simmons' choice because Ben Simmons can go one through five. I can see that. But I like what I've always liked what Clint Capella brings to a team defensively. I think it's always been kind of underrated. But I just think <laughs> with Nate McMillan it's either you play defense or you're on the bench. Yeah. And you can't really do that with Trey because he like management's not going to allow that. So like he has to find to common ground with Trey to be able- say, okay. all right it can just give me a little bit more like i'll keep you out of it so like i think you know tradey's kind of bought in a little bit more to, to what schemes uh Nate McMillan's going out there but you can just tell like the team is having fun more than they were under lord Pierce. i don't know like what it is i don't know if it's you know just small little scheme you know tweaks here and there or it's off the court you know he's just bringing a different dynamic and it's kind of blending the guys helping them together but john Hollands happy like i don't even think John Holland gets traded now at this point like just because because they what, won, what, six in a row? So, uh, I mean, why would you break that up? Because they're climbing up. He said they're not trading him today so at the announcement. Yeah, no. he's, he's staying with them. He said they, he's uh, not getting traded anymore. Oh, okay. That's good news for Atlanta fans. And, yeah. Uh, they need something because they had to make the playoffs, so that team was get blown up. Very true. Now we're moving on the rookie of the year. I think everyone pretty much has the same answer at this point. But it didn't look like that for the season. <laughs> people went with the obvious ones, uh, Anthony Edwards, and then, and then I fought while there. it Looked like maybe even Emmanuel quickly was making a claim to try to win the Rookie of the Year. We were got Halliburton not there as well. Yeah, got some love too. But I'll say mine just to start it off. I went with Lamelo Ball. I mean, I was pretty much sold on Lamelo Ball before he got drafted. Now, Soto and Hank can attest to it. I used to argue that Lamelo Ball is on the board, and the New York Knicks do not take Lamelo Ball. Something is really wrong with him, and he is that type of player. And to be average in such a 15.7 points, 6.2 assists, 5.9 rebounds, 1.6 steals. He 45 on the field, 37 from 3 and 80% from the free throw line. That's not a good for a rookie. That's like six-man type numbers that he's putting up as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that just really shows the complete player that he really is. And it's kind of like you look at him you say, I'm to so always joke, like he's the better part of both Lonzo and L'Angelo and you see it in how he plays the game. He has the rebounding, the defense, and the passing of Lonzo, and he has the out side shooting on Leandro so a, a guy at his size makes he stand about six, 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 eight, with that long wingspan even as a rookie he creates problems on what he can do on both sides of the court and he made a big question mark for the ordinance of are they going to stay with him or are they going to go with Terry Rozier it looked like a lot of Rozier had that starting point guard spot a lot and now mellow ball has came and really thrown a monkey wrench into that idea. I think you can play mellow at the one and keep Rozier at the two and just let him score like he doesn't have to worry about it. I think that'll work. The question then is going to be because of the, the contract of Graham. Like, what are you going to do? Like, with him now, he's going to be coming off, essentially coming off the bench. And so, it does also break up. Like, unless you plan to play Washington Moore Center, it kind of breaks up the Airbnb of, of ball and miles bridges. Not there. Uh, and uh, so I'll be curious to kind of see how they break that up. My pick was LaMelo. I think probably everybody here is going to pick Melo. But I did want to throw something out with Anthony Edwards. Like, everybody was dogging. Edward, you know, saying that like the shooting's atrocious, the team is just bad, like he doesn't look good, like he just doesn't care. Since the all star break, he's averaging twenty eight points a game, shooting forty eight percent from the floor, forty two percent and three on eight attempts. Um, looking really good, looking energized, Cronzy Downs is looking looking energized, you know, looking really good at the rim. I think to be honest, the coaching team has done wonders for for Edwards, even though the Timberwolves still suck. there's nothing you can do for forty hat. But You know, building blocks of Anthony Edwards and Karanvi Towns worked out well. I don't know what you're going to get in D'Angelo Russell because I think you know, know, to to me, you know, he got lucky being in the East on Brooklyn to be an All-Star. I don't think he's an All-Star television player. I think he's a good third or fourth option guy that, you know, elite in that area. But moving forward, you know, yeah, I'm so happy that they picked Anthony Edwards. I don't think LaMelo Ball, if he was in Minnesota, would be having the success he's having this season. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, LaMelo my pick, too. Um, I was just going to be an ass and say uh, Ben Simmons, because I know that's the running joke. Everybody says Ben Simmons is going to win Ricky of the Year all the damn time, but uh, LaMelo, yeah. I mean, I wish he would have went to the Knicks. I wish the Knicks had a higher pick, but I am happy for him that uh, he's playing well. He's obviously proving. And Alonzo is having a really good season himself. He's obviously proving that he is probably the better of the Wall Brothers. Uh, he's more of the, the package, and he's uh, honestly playing like a superstar already, and he's, what, only 19, 20 years old? 19, yeah. He's uh, playing like a superstar that's been in the league a long time obviously uh he's proving that you don't have to go to college and play in college and you know, get that I guess that recognition that college players get. He went the other route of obviously uh playing not, you know, playing what he did traditional high school ball and uh playing overseas. And um he's doing uh he's doing a lot of uh, good things. I mean he's playing better than other people that went the route of playing overseas, but I mean I think he just has the hunger to be better and, you know, get rid of that stigma that oh all the ball brothers suck. I mean, he's proven that they don't. So, a Big ball of I also had him. Um, uh, I mean, pretty much he leads he, he, uh, all rookies in almost every category. I think he's like first in assists, first in rebounds, first in steals, second in points behind Edwards. Um, but just uh, the way he provides like a, a unique charisma and the way he interacts with people has impacted the Hornets in such a positive way that they're actually winning games, like fighting for a playoff position, and believe it or not, kind of like made the Hornets an attractive destination for. Free. I <laughs> think going was fine Include that Brumello. I mean He he made that team I mean I feel like Sometimes they were Having more fun But like He just brought Like some type of Oral on that team Where it's like They're all having the fun You can tell they all rock with each other That's why I don't think The has Gotta pull the blood On Rosé at all They know how to coexist with each other And they're both trying it together They had a crazy Comeback the other day And Rosé and Heywood Took over was it even Blumelo So I feel like You still need that Because even though You can argue that Rosé is kind of still young too that LaMoe can still learn from him because Jose has a lot of experience like he's been to Eastern Conference finals and had crazy runs and had to take Kyrie's spot when I mean, Kyrie was out so um, and the Hornets they're just like they're just one of those teams where it's like you can just tell like as a they player like that's the type of environment I want to be in like they're just having fun there's no hate there's no shots at each other like yo everybody's eating everybody's having fun and then they jumped up to so I believe force because Boston's on like a freaking losing shit we're not gonna talk about them, but they jumped up to four. So, scary, scary, man. Scary, scary. Well, yeah, my like, fault, of fifth. They jumped up to fifth, and that, that, for a while, they were like ninth, jumping back and forth, from eighth to ninth, and they jumped to fifth. That's crazy. Like, and, and a lot of the teams that are ahead of them, they face this on the second half of their schedule. They got Boston three times, they got Miami, I think, a few times. So, in the east, it's about to get real tough, no matter if your team's in a, in a slump or not. Like, it's about to be a real competitive eastern conference in the second half of the season. So, I think, I think that's going to. Be uh, really fun to watch. To be honest, shout out, shout out to him, man. Like I'm, I'm proud that one of the balls turned out to be you know where all the hype was about. And, and that's he, no all track. Not a long, oh, right. No longer, <laughs> No Lonzo. He's not I mean, Johnson. That's the problem. I thought he, was like, oh, he was gonna be Jason K. Johnson. That was unfair. I mean, one one could have been he could have been person for most improved because his numbers are going crazy. And believe it or not, he's shooting better from three than a lot of these top players. So he got this, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna take that from <laughs> him. He does, he does, and he's always been a defender too. So. We already know LeAngelo is a steel master. I don't know, not around. I'll be honest, I was surprised that he didn't get a shot in the, in the little bubble thing. Like one team didn't say, alright, you can be our, and who Detroit thought they had that was above the head, because it looks like right now they could use that. Detroit got caught in, they had, you know, they had Anthony Lamb, who's now a two-way for the rocket, and then they cut him first, then they cut LeAngelo to get Thermitis, which was their draft from the last year or the year before watching him overseas that dude so bad like yeah. I was just, like, at a rec league, didn't score better than it. i was Like, dude, you're playing in, like, a C-level Euro club, and you can barely score. Yeah. Like, I, like, there's no way. But they had already drafted him and promised his agent, and they can't screw the agent, because there's other players that they, you know. So it's kinda like, Langelo got squeezed. It's like, alright, do we piss off LeVar ball, or do we piss off his agent got, you know, 12 other clients that we may wanna deal with? So that was his number game. Mm, gotcha. He might get a chance of it too. We might have to rebuild going in league. Get them in, but then they started racking up on like Melvin Frazier and like some other you know NBA already players that already played, so there wasn't really a spot. So now we're sliding into the coach of the year. Coach of the year is always um, a little harder. really your preference, who you think is having the best season, team wise, coaching wise, relationship building wise, and then also just what you think is a great success. Are we going with you know the guys that are at the top with good teams that I mean no reputation? Is that coach of the year worthy? Is it uh, a team that we didn't expect to be that good that is good? Or is it a team that's like in the middle of the pack that's like hanging off in their life and determines the end of the season what you're going to say? So with that said, who is the coach of the year you're feeling the most right now? I feel like that award changes as the season progresses so much. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, I guess I'll start this one. Obviously, it's going to be the Knicks bias, but uh, Tom Thibodeau, really talking about the turnaround in the culture that's going on with the Knicks. Obviously, they're turning more into a defensive team. They're playing with uh, cohesion. They're not allowing as many points per game as they did last year. I know they had some losses and whatnot, but that happens with teams. All teams lose games. Their defense is a lot higher rated than it was last year. At one point during the season, they actually had the number one defense. Obviously, uh, RJ Barrett is turning into more of a complete two-way player. Obviously, his defense is very, very underrated. I'm not saying he's elite, but he's becoming more of a complete player than he was <laughs> when he was at dude. He plays the <laughs> passing games very well. He does. But I'm saying it has to do with the coaching. I mean, when he had a different coach, he wasn't doing all of that. He was more erratic all over the place. But, I mean, it takes time to sort of develop your defensive identity and how you are as a player. And I do like the direction that the Knicks are going with the defensive identity and establishing that culture. Finally, a consistent culture that Knicks fans have been dying for years for because we've just been through it all. But the Knicks could have those semi-decent record. Honestly, I would probably give it to Tibbs just for... The turn turnaround with what he has on that team to. So they're in eighth right this second. Yeah. So I mean, they drop out. out. Are you still going to be happy as you can and say the culture? got yeah, there we were saying before it's a battle in the East. It's going to be hard, but I mean, they've had a couple of close games recently. I look at the game with Brooklyn and a couple other games. They they haven't lost by a lot. Yeah. We, uh, they, um, tonight to Orlando. You better <laughs> smash that but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough. They got no point guard. at well, I mean, they got a friend. But Orlando missing, like, seven people on their team. And that goes to it's crazy. Oh. They all came back to the 40s. That Gordon is back. Oh, wow. Because Rose is close to coming back, though. That, was, that might be an L He's almost out of the COVID protocol. But Gordon is definitely next to him, Gordon's been a little inconsistent this year. And Gordon is about to be on his way out anyway. Orlando, that's another, that's another chat for another day. But uh, I think just because the Knicks, regardless if they make it or not, Tibbs is in consideration. Just the other one, I didn't want to go with the obvious choice because obviously the obvious choice would be Quinn Snyder just because of the fantastic job that utah has been doing this year. So those are my uh, two picks. Oh God, I'm going to slide the soda. I don't mean to <laughs> you know, I don't usually don't do that, but Soto's face express was killing me. <laughs> you no, know, he almost gave me a heart attack when he said Tom Timberlaw. Oh my goodness, if it's that that well, I mean, they're doing well, but I mean, there's different ways you can go. Um, you go know, with Monty Williams for Phoenix. You can go with, uh, you know, Doc Rivers. Uh, but both obviously, you know, know I'm going with, you know, the team with the best record with, you know, Finn Snyder and the league behind it. Nobody expected the Jazz to be number one, you know, in the Western Conference. And he led the the Jazz to thrive in the Southern Conference. Not only that, team ranks top five in both defense and offense. And me started out about their, you know, their outside shooting because so I think they're number one in the league. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy how that team, you know, the chemistry um, and how well, you know, they're performing. So, uh, as of right now, because obviously, you know, things change throughout the season because right now it's slender you know what nobody else did for them to get smacked right now by 19 against Washington that's the question Like with Utah is that play going to be consistent all the time that's the only thing like I just worry so much about them in the playoffs like Utah does. like they depend so much on that three point that's why they, their wins are so spread by so much because eventually if you look at most of their wins they're hitting their threes What's that they're, saying? you win by they're three, the by most five. in the league you win it by the three I mean that's, yeah so at some point them two ain't going to be hitting all the time. I some point, the shots are going to be short. Your legs are going to be heavy. And they don't got consistently great three points. The only person I know that's going to the hoop is, is Mitchell and, and Conley. And Jack, I'm going uh, to clarify something. I mean, probably Quinn Snyder is probably going to win the award. But I like I said, I try to pick the least obvious person that wouldn't win it. I know Quinn Snyder would win it. And I know Monty Williams would be one of those two would win it cause just because of the years they haven't. I picked his reason because of incremental increases in what the Knicks are doing. Obviously, everybody thought the Knicks were going to be bottom dwellers. City at the 15th, 16th place. So <laughs> nobody. River. probably yeah. between Doc and the reason that Soto said Snyder I was going to say Doc like nobody's seen Philly as number one it's a three way tie between Coach deer people got about Utah people got about Philly but it, and also about Doc himself as a coach because he also had the Clippers go to the playoffs multiple times and eventually and all that but at this, he has a legit big man he has R a a two way he has so basically he has two two way plays, he got Tobias Harris playing crazy like play well and we got them Clippers. this is the Philly that everybody's been begging for this is the Philly the Philly that everybody thought they were gonna get two three years ago. You know, as long as these the two main guys were healthy, you get what I'm saying? This is the that, that they were gonna have and they had Richardson and you know, all the other people they lost. Not to mention Curry was a great pick up and now Curry's ball over there too. So I had dogs too, but if I like as just said, if you don't go with the obvious pick, I think, think Monty Williams isn't is an obvious pick. I think Monty Williams is more of pay what what Phoenix is doing. So that's where I'm going. The goal uh, from Monty. where the hell Phoenix was at, which was nowhere in the playoffs I get that second hand, is no oh, oh, under the radar yeah they went 5-0 in the bubble with less talent so and, yeah exactly it just shows you like how like small markets big markets and all the names and all that mm-hmm. and they got Chris Paul and, Chris. and nobody's talking about Phoenix at all people are stuck on the jazz and what are they gonna do but it's funny because nobody's really talking about oh Phoenix matches in the playoffs what are they gonna do it's gonna be their first time in the playoffs so you can have the same questions as those but I guess because Chris Paul's there it's like oh no they'll be fine Chris Paul figure away but, but we'll see it'd be funny you Playing defense. I mean, you could you also say Chris Paul is part of that too. Like, you got Aiden playing out of his mind. Yeah, and we could have said him for most in too, though. He yep. Exactly. The impact he's bringing and his scoring and everything. That's what my pick is. I kind of understand why people, obviously, you're going to go with the best team with the overall record. Usually he goes there. I don't think man, sometimes it doesn't always give it to Martin Higgins just because that's the biggest. Like, the other teams we mentioned, other coaches we mentioned, their teams were in the playoffs last year. Their teams has been in the playoffs for years, you know, but have, you know, X amount of years. But Phoenix hasn't and it started in the bubble. You know, and then they continue now, exactly. And it's just like damn, like they don't like are slow down for the match at all. Like they don't look rushed at all, they don't look worried no matter who the matchup is, they just hooping them, man. So we'll see. But that think that and I guess you can say maybe defensive player with Harvey Reedy and M V P which we're gonna get to will be the three most debatable topics out of the ones we have. Like they can go out of the way. So I was gonna say Monty because like some of what y'all said, twenty six and twelve is the second best record in the West. But the thing to me that I, I like the most about them is the fact that they are currently sitting at fourth at opponent's points allowed per game. That was like the biggest question mark that people had for this team was could they defend at a high level? So them not have a top five defense is crazy. But I think to me it's not surprising for Monty Williams, but I think he's overdue that recognition as a coach because he did the same thing with the New Orleans opponents. When he took over that team, reliably enough, with Chris Paul, it had a similar effect. He turned a team that wasn't that good into a playoff contending team and created that duo of Chris Paul and David. West, and now he's created a three-headed monster with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. So the same thing about that team, you had a young J.R. Smith, I think those I want they had Tyson Channel on that team. You see similarities with this team. Michael Bridges is kind of like their version of their J.R. Smith, and DeAndre Ayton is kind of like their version of David West, where now you have a tandem of players that nobody really looks at as fans, okay, other than Devin Booker and Chris Paul, obviously, but the other players on the team quite really looks at them as elite-level players, and they found a way to work together and become one of the more scary teams in the Western Conference. Me as a Lakers fan, that's a team that I want the Lakers to keep moving up the ranks because I don't want to have to see them in a second round If I'm the Lakers right now because of how many points that they can put up. And they have a plan on their team that's going to make those players believe that we can beat the Lakers. You saw the scare the Chris Paul and that Thunder team did the Rockets last year. So that's a scary team because of that reason. And if I wasn't going to give it to Monty, then if the Bulls make the playoffs, you got to give it to Billy Donovan for a similar reason because that team was very bad. When he took it over. And now the fact that they're about to be fight for a playoff spot, and if they are in that 9-10 seed, they're still good enough that they could beat the Knicks if the Knicks are at that A spot for that playoff spot. I think that's another person that you could say could win it. So I think for me, uh, Monty Williams or Billy Donovan want to be a bad choice for me. Yeah, Monty Williams on age just because look at it. I mean, look at the veterans. Like Crowder comes in, seamless fit, you know, kind of gritty, tough guy, he can play, you know, power forward, small forward, and a little bit of small ball center. If they move Sarge, that small ball five. That's unlocked him all day. You know, averaging nearly 12 points a game and 18 minutes off the bench. You got Cameron Johnson shooting lights out from three, you know, ability to stretch the floor. Not to mention, you know, what the impact Chris Paul has on our floor has really elevated, I think, guys like Devin Booker. Because Devin Booker already had an insane work ethic. Now you add an insane work ethic to add to, you know, his offensive arsenal. You add that defensive component. Just being able to switch and help where that wasn't there in the past. I think the only thing that can really... Set back. The son is Robert Sharpner. If he can stay out of the way like he's been doing since Money Williams got there, they're good. But if he comes in, starts meddling in stuff, saying, "Oh, we need to save money. We need to do this," like it's going to mess them up because he did that before. Remember, they came out of nowhere, won the playoffs, ended up making the playoffs when they were supposed to be the bottom end of the, the conference, and then it's all of a sudden, oh, we can't spend money, and you know the team was a dumpster fire there for a little while. But I definitely think Money Williams, is a- behind having great coaches, is even greater player. you know, I have great players. You can't win no game. That's as simple as it is. Coaches lose, game players win. Every coach knows that cliche. When you're winning, everybody loves you. Your job is safe. As moment you start losing, that's when you're on that hot seat and you may have to think about putting that two week notice in. So now that we discussed coach of the year, it's only right now we try to get into the MVP. Who is your guy's MVP? I'm gonna take it back to you because I know who you think. I can guess in my head who you think, but I want I want to cool. official. Who cool, I'm thinking? Uh, I mean, I have make it obvious. No, I I I want to go, <laughs> <laughs> I go with LeBron. I'm, I I want to not go a Laker. Not so my choice for MVP, as I said, to and Okay. Right? And it's because his impact for the 76ers on both ends of the court is like hands down. You can't dispute that. Yeah. I mean, he's 29 points a game with 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.4 blocks, and he's has a career high in bill goal percentage, three point percentage, and three goal percentage. And not to mention, he has a career high in his plus and minus rating right now. 8.2. I mean, it's kind of hard to find another player right now that's doing that much with the talent that he has around him. Now, I know some people go, "Oh, James Harden." I mean, give you're going to be KD and Kyrie, let's see how great he's going to look too. So it's a it's a big difference when you your leading mate right now is Ben Simmons, who most people have a big question mark Like, right? Okay, oh, can he even make outside jump shots? Tobias is inconsistent. if Doc Rivers going to have any impact on this team? So the process is is 100 here right now. That window of opportunity for the it seems to look like it was closing because they couldn't get past the Celtics before but with the way that he is playing this is not to you know, overstep it but this is like a team Elijah long run he's on right now of dominance that we're seeing out on a player it's like he sees that amazing confidence he's got a chance to be that dominant of a player and he's doing it well thank god uh, he said Joel Embiid because now I don't have to mention the stats had Joe Lee, right? he's in the best shape of his career he, every matchup he's facing he's absolutely killing them and that's why the is are, uh, you know I'm probably eat like, you know? And just to add on that, you have him running for MVP, and, you know, he's also a top candidate for defensive player of the year, you know? So, he's doing everything right for that team, and it seems to me, like, I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, that I feel like he's really, like, focused into basketball. Like, I think, you know, days prior, you know, kind of felt like, you know, he kind of took it as a joke, or, I don't know, like, he's really focused on the winning, and, you know, he stopped eating a burger crazy and... No more people, It's hard to get him in COVID, though. It's hard. It's hard to get that in right now. So now to like, a little bit ashamed he's reading everything and he's in the normal. He may have to get the Giannis Club though to get his food but Giannis was going on a Philly Tuesday the other day after again. And he was killing me with that you can't call it a whiz-whiz. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I was like, and they played that clip I was in ears. air. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, didn't right? know what they were saying. Yeah, he's like, "Wait," and then he was called whiz-whiz. So I'm like, uh, 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 I'm like I'm playing. I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you not get that? <laughs> and he's like, Wiz Wiz sounds funny. I'm like, so Wiz Wiz sounds better. Like, how? Like, how do you? But with Embiid, I think the biggest change is his diet. Like, he got rid of the Shirley Temple, he got rid of the Chick-fil-A milkshake, three-up on plane. Like, all of that plays a factor in, and you know, taking it to Because I think you watch back, and it's like, all right, dude, you're kind of getting lumped into being a what-if in the what-if category. And I think his ego couldn't take that because it's like at the end of the day he wants to be the best, you know, modern day center that's ever been. Like and I think like people criticize Shaq and, and Barkley for kinda getting on him, but I think that's what he needed. He needed that tough love of like, dude, you need to wake up because it's gonna be too late. And then Doc Rivers kinda has that where it's like, dude, I had the experience of getting guys, you know, careers at an elite level, like just listen to what I'm telling you and you can get yourself four or five extra points a game, two, three extra rebounds, so you just do, you know, do this and do this and then he Really kind of focused, and I think having the focus across the team, like where everybody's buying in at the same time, really helps. Because I think when they had Reddick and they had Jimmy Butler, it was like, all right, Jimmy's going to do it this way, Ben and Joel are going to do it this way. Like everybody was kind of off, and then you had no accountability from Brent Brown because Brent Brown just wanted to be a people pleaser and kind of played each person individually behind the scenes, and then didn't know what to do when it came to a collective effort. And so now they finally have that accountability on the floor and off the floor, where. Doc- Going to treat them the same way. Hey, I'm not favoring you on the floor just because we're off the floor. Whereas Brett Brown couldn't distinguish that, and that to me I mean, basically Doc. Dog basically came in and established everybody's roles. Right. Brett Brown was perfect for a young team. You know? Correct. Yeah, no, he was, and he had success with them. That's not. But I think also not only the, the change in the diet and whatever the eating habits he had. I think also it's just at some point you just had to lose it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a tough loss in and he had Simmons go out in the bubble. So then, which is him and the number he's playing them now he's putting up in the bubble which we said about i think I almost in there everybody we talked about today um but it wasn't enough mind you he had a by his side but it wasn't enough and then again he lost the boss and at some point you know i mean losing to that same team losing in that same first second round losing you know it's just like you know at some point you're gonna the man like yo what the hell can i do to make my team better because he is the engine for that team not simmons it's him because he also is a better offensive person obviously so the fact that he's playing two ways every night now and it's not just sometimes you get defensive and be match you get the offensive beat. It's like, no, you're getting both in beats every night, both sides of him. And he's staying on a foul to which is big. That could probably change it. But also, you know, sometimes the acting plays, you know, into the official's hands. But as of right now, he's never really in foul. Cutting all that horrible crap out of his diet was good because I feel like a lot of the times, he, he was having the James Harden effect. He was burned out when the playoffs. Like, and burned out doesn't just mean, oh damn, like you just look tired. Like It's just, you just physically don't have that, you know, will to go anymore because you just can't. Your body's like, so I can't and that's when injuries happen because you keep pushing yourself you know your body's telling you no like there's times in the playoffs when he's in the bubble where he was going so hard first half and then second half he's not even scoring damn near double digits because he burned out so much first half just to keep the game close now it's like he's figured out how to find Allen and all that so hey man kudos to him this is gonna be like we said Shaq wanted Chuck wanted Kenny wanted all the all the former bigs wanted you know what I'm saying and just in general NBA fans wanted and here it is so now it's like I wouldn't be surprised if Make a beat pass, or and all they came off the east, but we'll see. I have MB, but I also have somebody else in mind that's sort of a sleeper, too, that nobody's really talking about. Uh, they are not talking about uh, Cookie Monster, aka the Joker, aka Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's balling out this year, too. He's close to averaging a triple double for a big man, which is, if you realistically think about it, it's really insane. Uh, Denver has always been solid team. Obviously, another coach that doesn't get Coach of the Year recognition is Malone and this team over here, the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, uh, Jokic is basically his stats are pretty much almost similar to. MBE, he's averaging maybe about two less points. They're averaging basically both 11 boards a game. Jokic is averaging basically nine assists per game as a big man, which is insane. They're shooting about the same from three, 41 to 42, about the same from the field, and I they believe Jokic is shooting a little bit better from the free throw line if I'm not mistaken. And he's the only thing that Jokic has on him is that he's played more games, obviously and has been injured, but yeah, that's a dark horse, obviously, for MVP. I'm saying he's a dark horse just because obviously the usual ones, dark horses, is because we got LeBron, we got the Giannis's, and we got James Harden that are always in there, and Yokeik always will get overshadowed because obviously James Harden, James Harden, and LeBron James is LeBron James, and then we got Embiid, but Yokeik is right there too. So I think if you have like a top four, you would have probably Embiid close second would probably be LeBron probably, and then probably third would be probably between James Harden and Yokeik. Uh, but Lillard anywhere in that close proximity? Probably five. Lillard would probably be five just because the year he's having. Yeah, top five because yeah, he should definitely get credit. Like obviously not win it, but like yeah. he should be in the top five. I, I definitely think top five for sure. The year he's having, top five. But nobody talks about Yokeik, so I figured I'd that one out there because he gets a triple-double, which he's very close to doing. I don't ever think in history there's ever been a big man that averaged a triple-double in a season. Well, you kind of like compared to, a, you know, way, so, like, in a way, like, one of the seasons, MVP season, He's but, way more efficient than he's pro Yeah, mark. no. Earlier in the season, I, I did have Jokic. It's just that I feel like the way, you know, Joe and D has impacted the 76 oh, I agree. And, you know, the way he has them on top of the youth and everything, you know, that's why I have him as a uh, MVP, you know, favorite right I know, now. Like Denver elevating to like one or two in the West and staying there like not just get one or two in like the last week of the season like they'd have to climb up pretty quick like within the next 10 to 12 games and like you know really like stay there the rest of the season not even actually probably like in the next six to eight games like went out and what are they five and a half back Oh, so they've got eight and two in their last 10 yeah. and their next in they probably have to go at least nine and one like to really make a push to consider him <laughs> higher but I think he's right there in uh, to easily. None of those are bad choices. In MVP is more like coaching changes depending on what point we are in the season what points respect that in that season. Uh, now we'll move into our closing thoughts on uh, the episode and I'll give you you guys an opportunity to say something that's on your mind whether it's sports related whether it's basketball related or the case may be. Anybody want to start us off with the closing thoughts? Let's go next? I got some. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be oh, on for y'all. I don't know. But y'all keep it with my team like I do. I think if the angel a Boston might drop to seventh or eighth, bro. It's looking horrible for Boston. It's Boston don't make a move. Ainge is, Ainge is gone. It's not gonna be gone. They're gonna hold that Tatum Brown card for a while, but no, I would. It, Ainge, needs, Ainge needs to go. You don't know how to build a team. Granted, Tatum and no, Brown are I don't. I don't know if it's Ainge anymore. I don't like, think it's Ainge. It's gonna always be the coach first, which I think is fine. Like we brought. Up, I don't like Stevens anyway. So yeah, he can go to. I, I thought he was lucky when he was college. We brought out multiple teams that the coaches, coaches changes and look how. They Things change instantly so that's my wild prediction because the way they're playing nothing really changed they had that little one streak for the break because they had that weak schedule like the last four games was it's like teams on the 500 which is good for them to get their brother back you know the round and take them into the all-star break cool but now it's like alright you get smart back and y'all still playing crappy as hell Brad needs to start Robert Williams you're starting O's like you're starting O's better Robert Williams on the days that Thompson is not playing because safety protocol safety whatever protocol whatever the hell he was doing all then you also got Kemba still sitting out back to backs, which I thought was only going to be the first half of the season thing. This is last night was the first time he did it. Second half, that's busted knees though. You can't blame Steven for that. Like, you can't, no, no, no. yeah, you can't blame him for that. But at some point, even as a player, Kimba, you got to be like, nah, I'm good now. I just did that first half of the season to test my leg out, with my knee out. I'm good now. Like, you know, the games when he's there and the games when he's not there are crazy. It's different energy. He you know, we on that trade block. They're like, come on, come on, I've like, blown my knee out yeah, three times. like eventually it comes to a point like you're like i just don't have it anymore i don't have that burst anymore i don't have that lift mentally you want to go out there as a and say oh man i can dog that it's like that easy yeah. yeah. i know how it is you can't you don't have that scene yeah you're a half yeah oh yeah. yeah i can't i used to be i used to be able to dunk the ball i can't even do that he, he wants to go back to the old combo but i don't think he realized how much his good knees could the fact him so that the step backs quick cuts well oh, oh, cool. oh, he remember his height too he was very small yeah. his body was taking which is why he depended on those things he didn't always have to go to the basket to finish. He was always a mid-range type of guy. He would stop uh, just add a thought for you, too, when you mentioned trade, next week is uh, trade deadline. Obviously, there's a lot of chatter going on. Obviously, some things are going to be out there, some are not. We're obviously uh, all going to be doing a live podcast next week, which should be fun. I guess when this podcast goes posted up, people should post on the Twitter page and let them know if they want to see it on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram Twitch whatever they want to see it on and we'll make a decision the day before uh, where are we going to broadcast it at and wherever we do we'll have everybody's comments in there and whatnot we'll probably be going live around 7 o'clock so we definitely are looking forward to having input from everybody doing our first live podcast so it should be fun that's my uh, thoughts yep I just want to see that no hell no I don't I just want to see that you want to see him on the net I ain't trying to see that I don't want to see him my- on the on The Nets. I'd rather him either go to Washington or go to the Knicks. Either one. Then he'll end up on the Knicks. With the Knicks, gonna trade the whole team. You say Nick, they gotta do something because this do or die. Like you said, they're gonna trade. He's gonna trade it. He's gonna get bought out. Probably nobody. If the Knicks fall out of the playoff, like you know how bad the fan base is. Yeah, they gonna start going. Yeah, like, to give yeah, That's a that. Nick for Knicks fan base. You know that. Like, so that. You, so you that. gotta, that. gotta, you that. gotta that. go get somebody like reliable at <laughs> one guard. Get Lonzo. Whatever you need to do, like figure it out. You'll have to be outside the it, you know, I think the Knicks should stay away from. And I think even I could agree on this. Is probably the uh, guy. I mean, I agree. He's cool. really efficient. I don't want the Knicks anywhere he's, near Vicko He's Vicko good Vicko. defensively, like, but I would love Lonzo. I would love Lonzo Drummond would be great. But I, I know that there's mutual interest in that. And the I mean, I agree with you both. I mean, I don't think he's the Knicks should And now that he's having one of the worst shooting seasons of his career, he's shooting uh 30% three exactly. I um, I think he's shooting under. I think he's shooting under 40% from the field, which is he's in a. He's he's in Ricky Rubio territory I don't blame him for that because the, the Rockets are like the little giants without Icebox I, I don't blame him for that one uh, I give him a pass on that that's the bad news there without the female pitcher yeah, but he, still that 30, he still wants 30 plus mil a year for having a shitty shooting year so I'm I'm kidding. Kidding. I think I think kind at the point now where he's dogging it trying to get like hurt. it's not as bad as James Harden did but it's like let me get out of you like James Harden got fat yeah I agree I mean at this point like all the people I think if you put him on a team like even like a Miami and I was going to that. yeah. To go. I would love to see him on Miami. Him and Jimmy Butler would be a problem together. That's, simply seeing it. He's got a one-hour hero or, like, if you break up hero, Duncan Robinson, something like that, where's your shooting going to come from? Cause, yeah, I would not, I would not want all the defaults on three-point line. going to become the best three-point shooter, so the Celtics fan wants to see his Celtics make a move to preserve their season. And then he wants to talk the podcast live, but then said he wants to see his Knicks get drummed in. Soto does not want the Knicks to get the default. Alright, you got anything special for Atlanta or Philly, maybe? No, uh, definitely not an Atlanta fan. Let's get that right now. With Philly, all I wanted Embiid to get back healthy and for them to stay healthy for the playoff, where we finally see what team can do. If they don't agree with the finals, then let it be. But at least let Simmons, Embiid, Harris, everybody that he stay healthy so we can kind of see what, what could be. And if they make the final, great. They clinch, number one. What do you feel about those management triggers? Simmons and Embiid, so make sure they're healthy for playoffs. I'll be okay with we'll that. Give back some minutes at the end of the year, like stuff like that. Like that. That's good with me. I think that would be a good plan. The, no. the minor team, okay, I <laughs> said, no. And if they can get Drummond, I'll be a happy oh. man. Because be that, that, that would be a pair long. That would time. have to be a buyout, though, because the Lakers, oh. Lakers, Lakers I mean, got the They might get what they're asking for at this point. Yeah. They, That's they what I'm not, They're, they're gonna them about, them I mean, they're going to have to drop what they want to really get that. But, I mean, there's some other players that the Lakers could go after. Yeah, I mean. I wanted it. them to get T.J. Tucker what the, the Bucks got on that. But I did say that the Bucks would be a good fit for him. So, I'm not <laughs> mad at yeah, that. the So, I'm not surprised, but I'm a yay for him. He gets to on in a playoff tender again but I really just want to see Drummond I don't there's not anybody else on the market that the Lakers will go after That I'm like they gotta get them. with Drummond yes I would love to see Drummond inspired playing with the Lakers you guys think there'll be like a surprise big name that gets moved out of nowhere or you know, it might be it might be a guy like a Lucevich might move anything is possible right now anything cheap and Timberwolves might get crazy and want to trade company towns over now so I start a snowball deck of really well and, uh, I start winning that one. So, and then I started winning and now so you never know no, you got Malik easily posting down photo shoots with like gun t shirts <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, dude! <laughs> he's he, he losing his mind over there at the crib. That's oh, like What it is? He's he bored. He got a girl holding like. He kid, yeah, they, he, she said that he kicked her out of the crib. Yeah. Her and the baby got he said he kicked her out. But that's that's stuff out here in these streets sometimes. You get beat up on live, <laughs> like a live video, like <laughs> in the <a> lobby. <laughs> he get <had> busted for that <laughs> and you know yeah. firearm. Like, come oh, yeah. on, he's got a he got a span of bad look right now. Yeah. Maybe loss of kicking might be his ending. Maybe he just needs to go ahead, <laughs> pull his time, shoot that shot, and see what happens with that. I don't <laughs> think us going to be too happy, but not going to But on all of those good episodes, you know, we have some laughs, we'll talk about some good topics, agreed we'll on a lot of things, which is rare sometimes. But that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. So, I mean, to our listeners, to our viewers, we're on Anchor, Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube. You check out on our Facebook page, you check out on our Twitter, and our Instagram. All the same things, sounds of the hardwoods. And thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.